NBA Straya. How are you going? How are you going? It's NBA Straya. It's Friday, 2GIF. Am I right? Friday tins with Jim. This is awesome. Uh, November 10, Friday all day. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm the editor of a good website called CodeBet. Go check that out at codebet.com.au. You can also see my ugly mug on Fox Sports Lab NBA, Fox Sports Lab NFL, CodeBet Daily, all the good stuff here in Larry Armour Studios. Hanging out. Uh, the dog was just having a bit of a grumble literally behind the studio door. So he's doing fine. Just costing me a bloody arm and a leg. <laughs> Who has a diabetic dog? Anyway, uh, quick show today. Only two games to cover. We'll set you up for a big weekend. We're talking Giannis. We're talking Trey. Uh, we've got That's Not a Knife. Old mate, no mate. Spend on the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. Got some Yanazi. Unpopular opinion of the day. Now, back take us. We're serving up a flame grill take. We'll throw in a Luke Longley award as well for role player of the week. Uh, but we'll pick and preview, preview every single game for a big weekend. We've got NBA Cup again tomorrow. Uh, so all the chaotic jerseys and, I don't know, courts that are welcoming you to the depths of hell. And stuff like that will be on it. So that's fun. So, without further ado, let's get into it. Episode 982 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! Ah, you better. Better watch out for the Dejunze Murray attack, actually, if you jingles. Jeez. And his beloved magic. That was a bit of a rough one today. Anyway, let's get stuck into today's show, the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with the Daily... Ah, uh, it's a whip crack. Do you just get it, man? Because it's about whips and the cracks of the news. Uh, yeah, we got it. Weird fun day with only two games, and we had basically just like, I don't know, it felt like an East showcase. <laughs> like Milwaukee, Indy, Atlanta, Orlando. Like, what days do we ever get where it's literally there's only two games in the day and it's all Eastern Conference teams. It was fucking strange. Not going to lie. Kind of enjoyed it. <laughs> it's a bit fun. Because we go to Mexico City for the second game. And uh, Adam Silver's there. I like being in Mexico. You can get away with a lot of things. All right, Adam. Um, but yeah, outside of that, let's get into some news. A couple of little injury updates with Tyler. There goes my hero. Uh, he'll be reevaluated in a couple of weeks with his ankle injuries being... Diagnosed with a grade two ankle sprain. It looked a lot worse than Cam Thomas's. He's out for two weeks with a left ankle sprain. So Hero might be a little bit longer. And we have also seen Hero, uh, I don't know, struggle when returning. He has also had some ones where he's just sort of come back quicker. So I don't know, a bit of a weird one. Hopefully he's all right because, look, the Heat really need him. (laughs) They really, really need him. Other little bit of news, because there really wasn't much else going on today. It was just like, we're going to Mexico. It's like, all right. Radical. I did see uh, Sean Marion one time. Uh, we were coming, we were going back to Dallas for the All-Star game in 2010. And Sean Marion was on our flight uh, from, yeah, we flew back out of Cancun. And it's like, shit, that's Sean Marion. Oh, yeah, he's sitting up the front. He's at the front of the bus. Your old mate Jim was not. <laughs> Which checks out. 
<laughs> anyway, uh, the other little bit of news is that we have in charge of the Players Association, Andre Iguodala is stepping in uh, after Tamika Tremaglio after two, less than two years, actually, I think, on the gig. Uh, she stepped down. So they've just gone, who do I want representing me? In players' association matters against teams full of lawyers in the NBA. I want Iguodala. All right, Max. Um, It is an acting executive director gig for Iggy, which is kind of funny. The fate of the universe is on the line. Who do I want taking the shot? Iguodala. All right. Um, But... Iggy is the acting executive director. A formal search is expected to commence eventually, they say. Interesting. Because it's usually like a fucking hotshot lawyer, smart person du jour who does this gig. Iguodala just retired. The problem is, Iguodala is one of those smart dudes who's like, I'm real fucking smart, man. Look at all this fucking investing that I've done. And you're like, all right, that's good. You like doing research. You like knowing your ass from your elbow. On the other side <laughs> are 30 fucking owners, Adam Silver, and literally fucking reams of lawyers out there for your blood. Like, in the Players Association side, you probably need someone fucking with, I don't know, balls of steel. Not saying Iguodala isn't, but also just goes absolutely hammer and tongs. Like, Dramaglio sort of did that last deal, um, the CBA. And it's going to be interesting to sort of uh, see what happens next. But just keep an eye on that because Iguodala, he's been a part of the the sort of playing executive committee since it's almost 10 years. And obviously, you know, he's invested in like all these venture capitalist stuff. That's fine. But, I mean, if you're also not like a fucking lawyer yourself, it just seems a bit interesting. Anyway, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. All right, without further ado, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Oh, man, this was a fun, weird couple of games. Millie Walker, no Dame. They still played Giannis, though. Uh, they both warmed up, and uh, Giannis is like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. The Pacers win it, 126-124. Jeez, Jim, what happened there? Well, I'll tell you what, Indy got up big early. Milwaukee came flying back, got big up themselves, and then lost. <laughs> like, it was such a fucking chaos game. Giannis had 54, and they lost. 54, and he lost. I mean, it's just kind of epic at this point. You're just like, hey, man, that's fucking nuts. So, yeah, very fun, very weird. Enjoyed it immensely. Um... But you also have like those. He's like the first player in NBA history, I think, to lose a game with fifty points, seventy-five percent shooting from the floor, and ten, ten rebounds. So, uh, yeah, after he got booted yesterday by that bullshit call from that fucking flog ref, boom, turn around, he drops fifty-four. I don't know though. Would have been nice to have Dame down the stretch still, wouldn't it? Jesus, like they were down eighteen, they got all the way back up, then they blew a ten-point lead in the fourth quarter. I don't know, having Dame to score some buckets in the fourth would have been pretty nice. Probably. Uh, Halliburton was really, really good for the uh, Pacers. But that was the, sort of the thing with the Bucks. You're watching this going, eh, 
Is anybody else going to hit a shot? It was weird. Like, Middleton had 19 points in 20 minutes, but he's still sort of coming back. He had a great pass to Giannis, though, in the paint. Uh, but 54-12-3 for Giannis is just stupid. Middleton with a 19. 13 for Malik Beasley. Brook Lopez looks older than fucking hell. He had two points on 0-1 of 7 shooting, 0-4 from downtown. Fighting Bobby Portis. Fighting around the world. Had 5 of 11 shooting for his 11. He's got eight rebounds, but... Yeah, this team's uh, pretty light on. It's like, this is a lot of campaign and Malik Beasley for my liking. You don't have Dame Lillard... And you cook. they still shot 53% from the floor, but they had 14 turnovers and just... I think my biggest point is, again, they went 9 of 27 from 3. What did I say yesterday? If you more than double up the opposition on made threes, you're probably going to win. And that's what the Pacers did. They went 20 of 48. But the thing for me was that the Pacers didn't look afraid of... Giannis, which was kind of weird. They're like, yeah, look, we can probably still beat him. And that's what happened. Uh, for the Pacers, you had 21 for Miles Turner. He hit four of nine from downtown. He was awesome. Uh, 26 for Benny Matherin. He was flying around, kicking ass, taking names. A couple of boneheaded plays here and there for Benny Matherin, but you get that. It's par for course for the young fella. He had 11 rebounds and two assists as well. With these 26 points, that was badass. Hashtag spoiler alert for something else that's going to pop up later. But... Outside of that, you just have these moments where, I don't know, the Bucks defense obviously is in struggle down. They just gave up 126 to the Pacers, who score a shit ton, give up a shit ton, and if you can't sort of deal with that on the defensive end yourself, then it's a bit worrisome. So the Bucks have now given up 126 to the Pacers, 118 to the Pistons, 125 to the Nets, 105 to the Knicks. They can't fucking score, and Randall's a basket case at that point. 130 to the Raptors, 114 to the Heat. They can't score either. 127 to Hawks, and 117 to the Sixers. Yeesh! It's not great. Just saying. Hashtag spoiler alert. Not great. Uh, but a good win for the Pacers. Halliburton was just unreal. 29-6-10. He shot 10-17. He had 5-9 from downtown. Buddy Hill couldn't hit the fucking side of a barn early on. Hit two threes late. He ends up with 11. Nemhard was out there in crunch time. He had 10 points, 2 rebounds, 2 assists. And you're like, yeah, they just sort of need another steadying hand at times. You had Naismith out there for a big chunk of time as well with 6 points in 16 minutes. But yeah, it's just a weird sort of mix. They're like, well, we love Bruce Brown. We're going to roll with Bruce Brown. He's great. We've got Benny Matherin. We've got Halliburton. We've got Turner. Who's going to be our fifth closer? Usually you go, well, that's Buddy. And it's like, eh, is it? <laughs> let's, let's just see what happens here. But down the stretch, like the way the Pacers won this was just execution. Benny Matherin hits two fucking cold-blooded free throws right at the end. Uh, Bruce Brown does as well after Middleton misses that three. And... They sort of just had the lead, held onto it, and away they went because this was fucking back and forth, back and forth, back and forth the entire way down the stretch. Um, like the Bucks were up, as I said, 10 in the fourth quarter, right? Like you're taking the piss at that point. But they turn around from up 10 with seven minutes to go. Halliburton nails a three straight away. And you're like, all right, cool, you're back. Benny Matherin... Gets in there, 
gets his own board, gets another bucket. Giannis gets a bucket. Giannis gets another bucket. You're like, I think they're going to be okay. They're back up nine. There's five minutes to go. Nemhard nails a three. Benny dunks. Turner gets another one. And boom, it's a two-point fucking game. You're like, what is going on here? This is chaotic. It's nuts. And then I went down the stretch with that the pain Halliburton. Like the three from Halliburton to go back up was just fucking – the stones on this kid are massive. Size of all the roof. Because it was tied at 119 with less than two minutes to go. And Payton hits the shot, the go-ahead, 121. We're back up. You're laughing. The Bucks are feeling good. And Tyrus Halliburton just goes, oh, yeah, it's neat. Bang, three in your face. And the Pacers hold on to win with those uh, free throws down the stretch because you've got basically that missed three for Middleton that would have tied it back up right at the end. And you're like, well, that probably goes to Dame. Uh, the turnovers that Giannis has down the stretch as well, ah, there's two of them. They were pretty fucking bad. But the bloke had 54, so you can't really ding him for that. Can't you, Jim? I reckon you can. Yeah, a little bit. But it's also, this is Dame time, and you sort of cooked it. But either way, the Bucks dropped to 5-3 and three now. The Pacers are up to 6-3. and three. Not bloody bad. And then the final game, the Atlanta Hawks and the Orlando Magic Men in Mexico City, 120-119. Awesome game. Hawks win it. Uh, thanks to Junte Murray, right at the end, basically. And talk about going back and forth and hammering zongs. There was just a bunch of stuff going on in this one. Yeah, Jingles versus Paddy, the Jingle versus Paddy Cup. Of course, Paddy didn't play again because Quinn Snyder fucking hates Australians. I'll talk about that later. Jingles was fucking good, though. Oh, but Jimmy's stats weren't good. Watch the game. He was fucking rad. Caused havoc. Uh, Trey went off in the first half. He had 33 in the first half. 33! I I, I just don't know what to say. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. It was awesome. He was absolutely feeling it. Then he was nice cold the rest of the game. Uh, 9 of 14, he starts off. 4 of 7 from downtown. Not bad, bro. Not bad. He went to the free throw line 11 times in the first half. 11 of 11. And... There was just nothing the Magic could do. It was literally a parade to the free throw line. The craziest part was he went there twice the rest of the game. Um, but Orlando rode, like, they sort of held on. Like, they were still there. It was fine. They were only down four at the half. And you're like, how did that just happen? Like, Trey Young just dropped 33 on our heads. And it was because Jalen Suggs was playing at his ass. Fultz, Goga was causing havoc. Mo Wagner was doing pretty funny stuff. These big fucking pumpkin head. Paolo and Franz, they did a little bit here and there as well. I was a little bit disappointed in uh, their overall games. But then in the third quarter, they rode like an 18-8 run to basically go up. They outscored them 29-20 to in the third. Uh, they go up five going to the fourth. And at this point, you're like, this is a lot of Jonathan Isaac. Like The bloke hasn't played basketball in three fucking years. And he's going to play 16 minutes. He's playing crunch time. I know you've got to get him out there and blood him. But this is also a bit of a chance to ding a divisional opponent with a loss in Mexico City. Uh, don't know about that decision there, Jamal. But anyway, it was a really fun stretch down the end, right? Like they go up 10, the Orlando Magic, thanks to Big Mo and his big pumpkin head. And then they're up 11, thanks to an Anthony Black 3. Beautiful shot from the corner too. And then nothing from Orlando for like two full minutes. They get outscored 15-6 to six over the last six minutes because Paolo just... These are the ones that you just want to have in the logbook. 
if you're Paolo Bancaro, but you want to pull out the win, but you lose, so you got to hold on to this and go, how do I not do that again? He had turnovers galore going down the stretch. Uh, he ends up with five turnovers for the game. And just in the fourth quarter alone, you're like, uh, Paolo, Paolo, can you, it'd be real great if you could stop giving them the ball. Because uh, he misses a shot, um, has a turnover with three and a half minutes to go, misses a shot, <laughs> has a bad foul on Jalen Johnson. He has a turnover as well with the offensive charge, and then he fouls, and then he misses a three, and you're like, oh, this is... Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> so he, Mo, Franz, had some weird fucking boneheaded minute, uh, minutes down the stretch. You're like, yeah, they're young. They're going to do this. That's fine. And it sort of gets down to it. They're still winning. France hits it too late. They get back up. Like Isaac missed a three with a minute 30 to go, and you're like, I don't know if I want Johnny Isaac taking that shot. You're up two, minute 30 to go. He's like, nah, I'm Jonathan Isaac. I wrote a book. It's like, yeah, you're a lunatic. Fucking shut up. Sit down. Takes three, bad shot. Clank. Boom. France hits a two very late. Get back up. And then DeJunte hits the go-ahead three with 31 seconds left. Paolo misses a tough three uh, with seven seconds left. Scramble for the rebound. They don't get it. Trey ends up with it. Game over. Trey finishes with the 41 after 33 in the first half. I expected a little bit more. 12 of 27 he ends up. 5 of 15 from downtown. Only hits one more three the rest of the way. Basically goes, what, one of eight in the second half from downtown? Not great. And only takes the two more three throws and only goes one or two. Um he did have eight assists, five rebounds, and two steals. He was really good. But the DeJounte Murray three at the end was just the absolute fucking, oh, shit. Ends up three of seven to DeJounte with 16, three, and two with a couple of steals. 19 for Jalen Johnson, who looks amazing. And it's like this, uh, Jalen Johnson, he's uh, fucking good. <laughs> like, he's a weapon. What was he, the 20th pick a couple of years ago? God damn. In 19 and nine, he was unreal. DeAndre, Hannah at 12. Hit a couple of threes as well, and Bogdan Bogdanovich hit three threes because that's all he does now. 15, 4, 3, and 3 steals. He was great. Really good team effort by the Hawks. They shot 15 of 39 from downtown. Uh, the Magic Man, this is it. They sort of need that one more shooter because they go 10 to 27. And it's like the same percentage, but you're taking 12 less threes and you're putting up 19, 119 points. You're right there. But you had 19 turnovers. That'll kill you. So Orlando dropped to 4-4. Four and four. Young and experienced. You expect this a lot this year, I reckon, from them. Uh, but I'll talk about them again later, but they're fucking fun. The Hawks, 5-3, and three, 120 scored with thanks to, you know, DeJunte and Trey. If Jalen Johnson can take that lead, this team is fucking dangerous. I love it. All right, let's do an NBA Australia proof performance of the night, day, whatever. <laughs> That's not a nice. That's a knife. All right, let's do it. Who was it? Oh, was it Giannis with a 54-point losing game? Yeah, it is because he had 54-12 and he did have eight turnovers. It was brutal. This is a really tough call because I want to get to somebody in a second. I didn't mention him just then. Trey Young with the 41. As I said, 33 in the first half. It's not the NBA Australia approved half of the night. Settle down. 12 or 27 from the floor. 5-15 from three. As I mentioned, he goes one of eight in the second half. Nearly cost him the game. Jalen Suggs was fucking amazing in that game. He had 21 points and seven steals. Like, these are the games where you're like, yes, 
This is why you watch it, and this is why you're not just looking at stats, because he was everywhere. He was doing everything. He was making Trey's life hell. Uh, he got into a little bit of foul trouble here and there. I mean, that's what happens when you have seven fucking steals, bro. But anyway, he was absolutely unreal. In 31 minutes, he goes four or five from downtown, seven to ten overall. Oh, they've taken away a steal. That's hog shit. Fuck that. He's now got six, 21 and six. Anyway, tough one. He was awesome. But we're probably going to have to give this to Trey with the win. 41, four and eight with three steals, 515 shooting from downtown, as I mentioned, 12 or 27 overall. I mean, that's the shooting efficiency from Trey. You'll have these massive games. He gets to the line. He goes 12 or 13. You go, yep, he can still do that. But fuck, it's not much fun to watch. Giannis is 54. Unreal. Absolutely unreal. 54, 12 and three with eight turnovers. No Dame gets the line, went 16 of 18 from the free throw line. Absolutely gnarly shit. You're probably going to have to give it to Giannis, even with the eight turners. He still had 54. Just because Trey annoys the shit out of me. <laughs> it's my show. I'll do what I want. Who was Spud of the Night? Spud, 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 Spud of the Night. Buddy Heald was tracking for Spud of the Night. Ends up hitting a couple of those threes late. He still ends up 4 of 14. 2 of 11 from downtown for his 11 points. Uh, but really, it's Brooke Lopez. 1 of 7, 0 of 4 from downtown. He had one rebound. Brooke, you're a fucking foot taller than most everybody else on the court. What are you doing? And this is one of the most frustrating things of me watching him all those years in Brooklyn. He'd have like a game where it's like 17 points, 2 rebounds. I'm like, that. If you're playing more than 24 minutes, not getting four rebounds as a center is egregious. Like, if you're playing at one point in four quarters of a basketball game as the center, I'm going to need you to grab more than one rebound. Please. Two points, one rebound, two steals, three blocks. Gnarly, minus 15. One of seven shooting, 0 of four from three. Ask Cole! That's right. Cole Anthony was ice cold today. One of seven as well for him. Over four from three as well. Amazing symmetry. Seven points, two assists, and three turnovers. Gross. And I'm not going to give the jingles. He went one of six, but he was a plus 27. He was awesome. So blow it out your eyes. Who's old mate, no mates? Old mate, no mates. 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 Hello, darkness, my old friend. Oh. Go look at the photo I put up of Patty Thrills Mills on the fucking old NBA Australia facey. That is a man who's like, I like being in Mexico, but not playing fucking sucks a bag of dicks. Just let Patty play. Hashtag free Patty. What are we doing? Atlanta, if you're not going to use him, if Quinn Snyder's going to be a giant flog and not play an Australian hero some minutes, fucking trade the guy. What are you doing? You're killing me. Against his old mate Jingles as well. Blow it out your ass, Quinn Snyder. Blow it out your ass, Atlanta Brains Trust. <laughs> you jerks. Anyway, old mate, no mates as well. Uh, yeah, it's just more like old mate, no mates. Like, Paddy's just like, why am I in Atlanta? Like, he comes off the bench in his tracksuit. The photo I put up, he's just kind of like, yeah, go, boys. I'm still pumped because I'm a legend. But, God, I wish I was out there helping. Yeah, he just looks like he fucking hates it. I'll tell you. Uh, the other one is Clay. Uh, this one was pointed out to me yesterday by Scotty Baxter. I dogged Clay for the uh, the fumbles, the old butterfingers. Your mama's on the top of my things to-do list. Uh, 
that Butterfingers moment wide open for the three against Denver to tie it up and completely fumbles it. Like, you know that everybody else is like, yeah, fucking nice one, Clay. He's like, shut up! Four rings, motherfucker, four! And you're like, Jesus, Clay, settle the fuck down. Go sail your boat, you fucking lunatic. He's like, four rings! I've won four rings! He's like, Clay, we get it, buddy. Just fucking breathe in. <laughs> four ring! No, just, hey, we get it. You missed your shot. It's okay, buddy. Then don't talk shit to me. It's like, all right, Clay. It's okay. It would be the funniest thing in the fucking world if Clay Thompson was actually a psycho. Pants of the day. Jingles got pants twice by a Kongu on the one play. That was a bit of a panting. But I actually love this literally a no-pants situation. Only fans out there sponsoring the Hawks. And DeJunte Murray going, oh, hell no, delete this. It's a, uh, If you're being, I don't know, if you're sponsoring a team and one of that team's uh, one of that team's stars goes, "Oh hell no, delete this, man, delete this shit," because only like the Hawks tweeted out, only Hawks fans know where the real action is, and it's like a link to OnlyFans, which is pretty funny. And Dejounte Murray's like, "Man, delete this shit." It's literally a pantsing, like you're being pant. Not only is OnlyFans a very, very clearly no pants situation a lot of the time. But if DeJunte Murray is like pantsing your own, like your team sponsor, that's just great business, right? Right. Yeah, you've just been pants DeJunte Murray, Hawks, and OnlyFans. Amazing gear. So weird. All right, let's do a better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I mentioned Benny Matherin before. Fuck, he was good today. 9 of 18 shooting, 3 of 7 from downtown, 5 of 6 at the line, 26 points, 11 boards, 2 dimes and a steal and a block. God, he was good. Plus 14. His uh, inconsistency is like the one thing that's sort of maybe holding Indy back. Because when he plays well, they look fucking unbootable. He had 18 in the first game against Washington, uh, 13 against Cleveland, 15 against Chicago in that loss, but he shot 4 of 11. He goes 2 of 7 in the loss to Cleveland, 8 points in on 7 shots against Boston, 8 points against Charlotte. Gets 10 in the win against San Antonio, 22 against Utah the other day, and then 26 against the Bucks. So when he fires, he's awesome. So... I don't mind this. I need more Benny Matherin in my life. The dude is rad. Uh, elsewhere, though, Anthony Black, the rookie for the Magic Men. Not bad today. Not bad. He also plays kind of like Lonzo. I'll tell you. Uh, Anthony Black had 17 minutes, went 3 or 4 from the floor, 1 or 2 from downtown, 9 points, 3 rebounds, and a sister steal on a block. Sort of just did a little bit of everything, and they needed it too, this Magic team. It's like, well, they need a point guard. Maybe it's him. Uh, and also Jalen sucks. I mean, I already mentioned the twenty-one points and six steals, but he got a uh, he's he could basically easily win the better than Lonzo Ball, but shine the uh, shine the torch on the uh, little kids, the Benny Matherins, the Anthony Blacks of the world. Not bloody bad, bro. Not bloody bad. Sucks though. Props where props to you. All right, have we got a magic tweet of the day? Let's have a look. Ah, uh, Irvin, what are you up to today? Have you tweeted, Irvin? Let's find out. Did Irvin tweet? Uh, yeah. Why not? Because it's very, very magic. Let's do it. Got off the stage tonight in Toronto, Canada. <laughs> what?
Where else is Toronto going to be, Magic? After joining the TMA Toronto Annual Newsmaker Dinner. I'm so happy I was part of such an incredible event! Exclamation mark. I addressed a sold-out room of lawyers, financial advisors, comma, and accountants about building a winning company. Thank you to TMA President Leanne Williams and moderator Stanley Julian for having me tonight. What about their cousin? Who else was there? I want to know if cousin fucking what's-his-name was there and all the other guys. Cousin Claude. Where's cousin Claude? Uh, I love that he's, like, going Toronto, Canada. <laughs> I'm glad we got that nailed down. I needed that clarified. I needed the clarification that it was in Canada. Okay. Finally, Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. LeBron James is opening a LeBron James Museum. You could probably just stop the sentence there, couldn't you? Uh, We're charging $23 to get in. Why are you charging Michael Jordan's number to get into the LeBron James Museum? It's going to be a multimedia experience. I fucking hope so. And a, a recreation of the apartment where he and his mum grew up, items from his childhood. This is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to go to the LeBron James Museum. I mean, LeBron, love him. I also don't know if we need a museum for a dude who hasn't won as many rings as Kobe. <laughs> You know, like Clay Thompson's got as many rings as LeBron. So let's just call our fucking Jets. I know this story's amazing. I love LeBron. It's amazing. Like, I feel like we're jumping the gun a little bit. Just so. All right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some here. Now it's brought to you by the NBA Australia Shop. Get your merch, get your merch. People! Get your merch, get your merch. Wear it! Get your merch, get your merch. Get your merch, get your merch. Yeah, do it. Get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, get a stubby holder. Got a new bunch of those coming in, so get right around at nbaastray.com slash shop or just click through on the socials. The pictures are right fucking there. They look pretty. Susan me and ours. Are the Sixers legit further to what you were saying yesterday, Jim? Yeah, nah. I mean, they've won six in a row. So, I mean, obviously they're legit. They have the reigning MVP. They just beat Boston. Uh, they beat the pants up of Phoenix the other day. They've clocked Toronto a couple of times. They have some fascinating matchups, though, to sort of prove whether or not they are legit, legit, legit. And they don't sort of, like, leave the East until, like, the end of November, basically. Because now they play Detroit and then two home games against Indy, back-to-back. Then a home game against Boston again. Then they go to Atlanta. They go to Brooklyn. They play Cleveland. Cleveland. That's right. Cleveland. Cleveland. Again. So that's what? Seven straight Eastern Conference games. Where they play Boston, that's going to be awesome. Brooklyn will be fun. The Benny Simmons revenge game. And then they have a uh, West trip where they go Minnesota, OKC. Then they go home to play LA. Then they go back out to New Orleans. But I think this Detroit game will be fascinating because if they cover that game tomorrow, part of the NBA Cup, it's on. Like, the two games against Indy, if they can give Indy and this crazy offense the clamps... 
or I don't know, Indy start putting up big numbers on them. It's going to be a big test for their defense. So, look, I think they are legit, but we're going to learn a lot in this little East Coast stint, which is going to be fascinating. Paul Arnie sent through a couple of good ones. Dante Exum is wasted on the Mavs. They should trade him. Maybe to Memphis. They need a smart card. Yeah, nah. I think there's about three other teams that could use a Dante Exum. I'll tell you what, the Orlando Magic men, having watched them again today, you're like, fuck, they could use Dante. Like, the Fultz minutes are good. Fultz, Suggs, Anthony Black, you're like, okay, not bad, but geez. Uh, I can think of a couple of other ones. Obviously, Memphis would be pretty fun. Utah would fucking love to have Exxon back right now because they're just like a whole mess of like, all right, hey, Jordan, Jeremy Clarkson, do what you want. He's like, all right, (laughs) that's not great. Get Dante to Utah. Hashtag free Dante. Um, another one from Paul. Adam Silver is limiting minutes and opportunities for all Aussies. Maybe Paris Olympic strategy? Yeah, nah. Most Australian players seem to be down on minutes from last season. Even Josh Giddy. Well, this is my point. Yeah, nah. Like, yeah, even Josh Giddy's now copying it. Oh, he's not He's not improving as fast as the other ones. Like, yeah, they're in, he's the fucking point guard. He's incorporating new pieces. It's been seven games. Settle the fuck down. Um, but yes, I'll get to this in Outback Takehouse. But it does sort of feel like Adam Silver's like, uh, I've put the, I've put it all out there that I put it on the streets. We can't have any Aussies dominating because it'll work bad against us. I'll talk about that again in a second. And uh, as Paul also just pops in at the end, but not a yeah, nah, but where does Paddy Mills get court time? It's a good question. I feel like San Antonio would be fucking perfect. There's another team that could use Dante Exum. Send Patty and Dante to San Antonio. Teach them how to win. All those young bucks. Get them out there. Patty would be perfect for the Spurs. I tell you what. Uh, elsewhere, I kind of feel like Sacramento could really use just a steadying hand at times. Like, Patty probably doesn't have to play that much, but I mean, it's similar to Delhi last year, right? Sometimes you just need to go, hey, Delhi, can you help us out? And he's like, all right, gotcha. Patty'd be great there. Uh, Dante would also be good. I'll tell you what, Chicago would be fucking great for a Dante Exum. They would love that. Patty would also be pretty good. Where else? Who needs, like, a half-decent scoring kind of guard, dude? I don't know. I feel like Memphis could almost use him too. So they just need bodies at this point. Uh, and Paul Arney asked before as well. I know I've... Oh, yeah, now nah, are we getting tins for the thousandth show? I know I've asked this before, but it's definitely worth celebrating. Yeah, nah. I completely fucking spaced on this. Should we get tins for the thousandth show? Let me know. And then I'll organize it and we'll do a live thousandth. That'd be fucking fun. Wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be good. All right. What about an unpopular opinion? Well, yeah, just DM me. Hit me up. Go, yeah, Jim, I'd fucking come and check it out. It'd be fun as shit. We'd smash some tins and away we go. All right. Unpopular opinion of the day. Very bad, 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 very, very bad, bad. Uh, the Magic are fun as hell, but they need a point guard. They'd be a top five team to watch if they had a point guard who could do more shit and really just like put Paolo and Franz in positions to succeed a little bit more than Fultz can. Sex them up. That's what I'm saying. Sex them up. Get sex them over there. That'd be fucking great. What about Outback Takehouse? 
it's Friday at our back, and you know what that means. Oh, yeah, four for one TGIF oil drum cans full of icy cold Foster's Lager. That's right, it's Australia for horse piss. Now drink it up, you silly fucking yank dickheads. That's right, the giant cans full of horse piss only at our back. And today's flame grilled take is very clearly Adam Silver's behind the Hawks sitting paddy and behind limiting all the rest of the Aussies' opportunities across the NBA. All to save the USA the embarrassment of being humbled by a together, built-up, practiced, firing in all cylinders Aussie team next year at the Paris Olympics. Only at Outback. Shout out to Paul Arnie for that one, but it's exactly right. Like Adam Silver's like, you need to sit, Patty. He's going to get too confident in torches next year. And away we go. All right. Australian player watch really quickly. Right after, let's hear from my good mate, Nick Kay. This is Mick Kay, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Oh, it's a quick Australian player watch today because Paddy didn't get out there because he's a DMP coach, hates him. Uh, <laughs> DMP, no Australians allowed apparently because of Adam Silver. Uh, Jingling Joe Ingles in the loss to Paddy's Atlanta, though. Played 18 minutes. Jimmy shot one of six and one of three from downtown. Yeah, but bloody hell, he was good. So he ends up, obviously, uh, with those numbers, with the three points. But he also had three rebounds, five assists, three steals, and a block. He was a plus 27, was Jingles. Uh, is that the highest on the team? Yeah, by about 20 <laughs> in 18 minutes. He was a plus 27, and they lose that game by one. You reckon they needed some more jingles out there and less fucking Johnny Isaac? You better bloody believe it. All right, the Luke Longley Award for this week, uh, where we just give out the role player of the week. I He gets it a fair amount, actually. Uh, Bruce Brown. I love that he got paid. I love that he went to Indy. And it's just one of those things where he makes winning play after winning play after winning play. He played 38 minutes for them today. Just gives them another dude. Because you've got Halliburton, and if Matherin can take that sort of jump up, you've got Buddy Heald looking pretty good. Jaden Smith couldn't go today. Uh, Jalen Smith? Jaden Smith. Is that Will Smith? Yeah, Jaden Smith. Will Smith's kid, isn't he? Jalen Smith. Uh, couldn't go. He had like a uh, bit of a problem. But they have like Nemhard and Heald. They've got Jackson. They've got Danny Tice. They've got Naismith, who's like giving them a little something-something. But... Bruce Brown is the perfect Luke Longley all-star because he just sort of fills in the gaps, does a little bit of everything, everything you need him to do, and takes, like, none of the shine. Like, today, he had 11 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and a block, and it felt like every crucial moment he was just fucking there. Hit some free throws that were massive, and away he goes. So he's the uh, Luke Longley award winner for this week. Love that. All right, the Paddy Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Let's do it. What's Paddy got to say? I'll, uh, probably one day I'll actually come up with something that's actually, uh, you know, pre-thought out. <laughs> but until that day, blow it out your ass. Oh, we've got a Dante update. There we go. Special helper. Oh, that's awesome. That Dante's kid. What a legend. Oh, that's fucking cool as. Dante with the assist. Oh, no, he's just helping out a family. That's inspiring as fuck. Yep. A day of giving back, all the Mavs hanging out. He and Dwight Powell and a couple of the other dudes. That's fantastic. Dante Exum, what a legend. 
All right, let's do some game previews for a big, 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 big weekend with the NBA Cup tomorrow. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jim. How's it all going? Yeah, it's bloody hot in here today. Didn't think about that. Haven't turned on the aircon. Ah, uh, but otherwise, we're all good. Had a big day of work. Hate to be a tin. I've finished that one. Hate to be another one in about eight minutes. <laughs> Once I go through all these game picks, we went one of two today. Uh, because the Bucks. Did not cover. That was a weird one because once the news was out that sort of Giannis and uh, Dame were thinking about not playing, uh, that line went a bit haywire. But I did take the Magic Plus 3 and they lose by one, so that covered at least. So one of two, you'll take it. Uh, right, tomorrow, NBA Cup. I think we've got 10 games. Is that right? Nine. Whoops. What have I done there? Uh, it might be nine. Let's see if I can count properly. Nine. Nice one. A couple of really good ones in here. Philly at Detroit. So as I mentioned, Philly, they're legit, but this is the sort of game that you'd sort of trip up on and like Kay Cunningham starts torching Maxi, and Bede's being smothered by like Jalen Duran and fucking Beef Stew and Wiseman and they've just got enough size. But because Philly's got that extra size on the uh, wings now and they're all sort of playing a little bit of defense, I actually don't mind this. Plus Tobias Harris is going up against one of his old teams. So watch him go crazy and score 19 points. Did you get us 23 there, Tobias? You got it, boss. 19 points. Uh, Philly minus 8.5. I still trust Philly's defense enough, and I don't like Detroit's offense enough to see them quite stick with Philly. Even though Detroit have been really fun at times this year, I think Philly are a little bit too good. Class above. Charlotte go to Washington in a repeat of uh, yesterday's game where Washington kicked the fuck out of them. I'm going to go Charlotte plus 2.5 in this one. I think they're a better team. They are a better team than Washington. Washington, Jordan Poole couldn't hit the fucking side of a barn yesterday, but neither could PJ Hamilton Washington for Charlotte. So I think Charlotte, on balance, should at least give them a fight. So give me Charlotte plus two and a half against this horrible Wizards team. Lamelo to go off again, so I'd be looking at him for a triple-double. Uh, Brooklyn at Boston. Brooklyn put up a bit of a fight against Brooklyn. Uh, Brooklyn put up a bit of a fight against Boston last week. Uh, Boston still covered that. I think it was a nine and a half point line or eight and a half point line or something. And they won by either nine or 10 Brooklyn without Cam Thomas. I just don't know if they've got enough in the chamber to keep up with Boston. So I'm going to go Boston minus 10 and a half. Like you've got Zinger. If no Nick Claxton, you suddenly just don't have much size to throw it. Everybody on Boston who was fucking big between Giroux, Derek White, Brown, Tatum, Zinger, like, you've got Benny for Brooklyn. Great. you got Mikael Bridges. Good. you got Spencer Dinwiddie. And then it sort of just gets, like, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton. Like, the injury report's just a bit wobbly for Brooklyn. So I'm going to go Boston minus 10.5 there. Minnesota to kick the fuck out of San Antonio. San Antonio Banderas. Uh, minus 6.5 the Wolves. I'm going to jump all over that. Because you know that Rudy Gobert's the stuff with that world will be like... Oh, <laughs> it is very good to see you, my French friend, Victor Wembanyama. But I am going to kick your ass oh, down all the way to the Riverwalk, and then we will drink some red wine to get there. Uh, so, yeah, Minnesota minus six and a half. They have nobody to check Ant-Man on that San Antonio team. So Minnesota should kill him. Minus six and a half against the Spurs. Utah go to Memphis. The Jazz are plus four and a half. I don't know why. I don't know if, like, Markinen's missing this one, but I'm going the fucking Jazz because that is a better team than Memphis right now. Just, Just saying. Like, what are we doing here? 
Uh, give me Larry Markkinen. Uh, plus four and a half over Memphis. Give me the Yaz. New Orleans go to Houston. The Rockets are playing really well. I don't know why they're only favorited by two and a half points. It's probably because everyone's like, but Houston is shit. It's like, yeah, but they're like top eight for like offensive rating, defensive rating. At home, they've been really good. So I'm going to go Houston minus two and a half against the New Orleans team without CJ McCollum. Zion's just had a kid. Uh, be interested to see if there's the uh, new kid bounce. Usually it's the I've gotten no sleep for three days and I'm fucking bad bounce. The opposite of a bounce, the deflation. Uh, so I'm going to go Houston minus two and a half against the Pals. Clippers plus one and a half against Dallas. I just, again, the perimeter defense, we saw it with Toronto against Dallas. If you can sort of just throw some spanners in the works of that Dallas offense, it can get real ugly real quick. And the Clippers have enough on offense to make all of the Dallas defensive warriors really come to the fore. Uh, so I think between Harden, Rusty, Kawhi, and Paul George, the Clippers should probably win that game. And if they're getting one and a half points, I'm taking it. So give me the Clippers in Dallas. Plus one and a half. OKC minus two and a half against the Sacramento team without Darren Fox. I'm going OKC in a heartbeat minus two and a half. That's, that seems egregious. SGA was fucking awesome yesterday. Josh Giddy's been, you know, solid, if not spectacular. Chet's been great. Sacramento, they've got the big Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis, and Malik Monk and very little else, it feels like at times. Without the connective tissue of Darren Fox, you got Harrison Barnes out there. Kind of going, oh, yeah, I'm okay. What's going on, man? And like just other sort of shit like that. We're like, this should gel better. But the fact that it took them overtime to beat fucking Portland yesterday. Okay, so you're going to curb stop them. So give me OKC minus two and a half. And then Lakers, Phoenix. What a great final game. Lakers are four and a half point underdogs against the Suns. I'm going to have to go Phoenix. Between KD, we get KD and LeBron again, which is unreal. But now they've got Beal. They've got, look, AD having taken the day off, but he's still banged up, right? If he's got a hip problem, I'm going to take Phoenix minus... Like, I don't want to go into a game with a hip problem and playing as fucking Yusuf Nurkic. Fuck off. That sucks. <laughs> Give me the Suns minus four and a half where they have just enough on offense, offense to get by this Lakers team. Should be a really good one, though. KD versus LeBron. Let's go. Sunday, we've got four games. Milwaukee, Milwaukee. It's Algonquin for the good land against Orlando. Uh, we saw both those teams today. Orlando are frisky. They're feisty. I think Milwaukee will be too good in that game, though, even on the road. I think a bounce-back win is on the cards there for the Bucks. Toronto at Boston. Now, this is a fascinating one because you've got Boston on the back end of a back-to-back at home, though. Both those games are at home. Do Toronto have enough to get by them? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to pick Toronto head-to-head in that game. I kind of think... Between Scoob, OG, Siakam. We saw Siakam and OG have really good offensive games yesterday. If they're hitting a little bit of a nice purple patch, Toronto have got some interesting things to throw at Boston. So give me the Raptors. Miami, Atlanta. I'm taking the heat uh, just because Jimmy Butler and Bam against Atlanta. I just don't ever trust the Hawks against the heat. It's very simple. Golden State hosts Cleveland as well. And then, like, these games are great. Golden State hosting Cleveland. I'm taking the Warriors. Cleveland looked all out of sorts and out of shape. Like Garland and Mitchell are still trying to figure back out how to work themselves into the team at the same time as Jared Allen's coming back. And it's, look, give me two more weeks of Cleveland and then I'll feel good about them. But until then, no chance. Golden State for the win. Then Monday, 4 a.m. start. The Knickerbockers hosting Charlotte. The Knicks should win that one pretty handily. The Brooklyn Nets take on Washington. Brooklyn should win that. 
Even if uh, Cam Tom- Thomas isn't there, Brooklyn should have enough to get by Washington. Defensively, you'd like to see Brooklyn just you know slow down Kuzma and pull and you win that game. Wouldn't be surprised if they lost it, though. But I'll take Brooklyn head-to-head. Clippers host Memphis. I'm going to go the Clippers there because Memphis are a shell of a team and not very good. Indy Philly. This game is unreal. It's sneakily better than you think. Uh, I'm going to take Philly in the first one because they then play again two days later. I'll take Indy in the second one. So let's go Indy at Philly. I'll take the Sixers. Detroit at Chicago. This is the one where I'm going to go Detroit on the on the road against the Bulls. I just really like this Detroit team. There's something about it. Kay Cunningham's great. Or Sar Thompson's fun. Even though there's so much positional redundancy, it's hilarious. Like, they're kind of fun. They're kind of weird. They're wonky. I love them. Give me the Pistons against Chicago. Denver at Houston. Sneakily good, fun, weird matchup with uh, Jokic versus Shingoon. You got Jalen Green trying to, like, carve up KCP and co. This should be really good, actually. I'm going to go Denver to win the game. But once the lines come out, I wouldn't be... Uh, too shy of Houston, just saying. Dallas at New Orleans. I think Dallas win this one in a bounce-back win for the Mavs. The Pals outside of Spindles. Like, if Zion's back, Spindles, if they just don't have CJ there, though, I just can't see New Orleans putting enough together to beat Dallas, especially that offense. Miami go to San Antonio. This is the one. The Heat on a back-to-back. I'm going to go San Antonio. Uh, the Heat going from Atlanta to Spurs. We're going to go with Wembenyama. And Co. to beat the Heat in a replay of the 2013 and 14 NBA Finals. OKC at Phoenix. We're going the Thunder. We are going the Thunder. They have enough wings to throw towards KD. They've got SGA. They're going to have to make Phoenix work on defense. That's going to be hilarious. Give me Oklahoma City on the road in Phoenix on Monday. Minnesota at Golden State. This is a weird one because Minnesota, extra day rest. Golden State on a back-to-back, but they are at home. I'm going to go the Wolves. I'm just riding the Wolves at the moment. I think they're going to be pretty good in this game. They've just got a lot of size. Golden State do not. <laughs> That's an understatement. They have fuck all size. So I'm going to take the Wolves against the Warriors team on the back-to-back. And then Portland at the Lakers. We'll go the Lakers because the poor Blazers just... There's some fun moments here and there. Shade and Sharp, DeAndre Ayton. But the Lakers should win that one. All right. And there we go. Done for the week. Uh, we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Face the IG, all over the socials, you know that. Get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz as well, shopping up each week about the NFL. Uh, Cobet Daily, which is now the weekly show with EPL. Uh, we've also got NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Get your merch. Go buy a hoodie, buy a t-shirt, help a brother out. Uh, check us a rating review on your podcast app, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever. Yeah, whatever other app you use on your Android phone, if you can rate and review it, it does help. So please do it. Go on and tell them, mate. Hey, this is the best Australian daily NBA show in existence because it's probably the only one. <laughs> so if you like your hoops, tell the fucking mate. Uh, big thanks always goes to From Oslo for the intro and outro song they rule and so do their other band, House Hats. They're very good. And so do Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Jedi, uh, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. They're behind all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all at Bandcamp. Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. Uh, we'll finish up. We'll do a rerun of a uh, Cooking with Bainesy, and we'll catch you on Monday, you dickheads. Have a good one. Have a great weekend. This is NBA Australia saying look after yourselves, would you? And later, hosen.
Cooking with Bainsey is filmed in front of a live studio audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsey with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, g'day. Oh, g'day. Oh, look at yourself. Yes, g'day, Cheryl. I always see you down the front. Yeah, yeah. All right. Oh, come on. Set. Yeah, settle down. Thanks very much. Yes. Welcome to Cooking with Bainesy. I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And uh, look, on this here episode, we are going to whip up one of my all-time absolute Aussie favorites. It's going to blow your mind. You can have it whenever. It's an absolute bloody treat. It is the classic party pie. Yeah, that's right. We're going to cook up some party pies for you on this episode of Cooking with Bainsey. Now, I love me some party pies. They're easy as, mate. Definitely helps keep up this physique, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I reckon I probably put away about 40 of these buggers per week. Hey, easy, easy, easy. All right, so, so, so. All right, you ready? So it's bloody simple, mate. Yes, all you got to do is go down to your local soupy and just grab a box of party pies of whatever takes your fancy. Because look, now, I like the round ones and you can get a pack of 24 of patties, but I do also like the 4 and 20 party pies, which come in those rectangles. They're a bit easier to eat because you can just grab the end and you're not going to burn your tongue. So whatever you prefer, just don't fuck around with the party packs. The sausage rolls are absolutely bloody rubbish. So, now, it's bloody simple. Just uh, preheat your oven to 250 degrees or as hot as you bloody well want. Dump all 24 of your party pies. Don't screw around and only do 12 or half of them or whatever. Put all 24 out there because you're going to eat all of them. Trust me, you're going to eat all of them. When she's all heated up, your oven, put your tray in there. Just, I don't know, look at the back of the package. See that it says 30 minutes. Now, go crack a tin. Sit back. Hang out. Once they're done, grab them out. Load them up with a bit of tomato sauce. And Bob's your bloody uncle. That is awesome, isn't it? Just look at it now. Look, 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 look. This is very important. Give them a second to cool down. You probably have to only bite like the edge of one of them to open it up just to see how hot it is. Because otherwise, you'll burn your bloody tongue because the insides of these buggers are like bloody molten lava, eh? So grab yourself another tin. Uh, wait for them to cool down just a little bit so they're not bloody molten lava. Then get your bloody munch on. Oh, oh there you go. Look, oh, look at this one. That's an absolute bloody ripper. The best bit is these are as good as anything for any occasion. You got mates coming around? Party pies. Misses with some of her mates? Party pies. Kids birthday? Party pies. Getting home shit-faced after a night out of the turps? Party pies. Easy. They're just bloody delicious, mate. All right. Look, I'm just going to munch in this. And I'll probably cook up enough of them for all of you. Look at this. Here we go. Oh, how easy is that? Love it. All right. So get into the party pies. And that's it for this week. How easy. All right. Tune in next week for a new recipe. And we'll see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey. Thank you.